This is Claiming Your Voice with Janice Garrard. In this podcast, I feature guests with passionate stories of hope, inspiring others to claim their voice in a world where we can be bold together. Tonight, my guest is Sarah Lena Love, also known as Sarah West Love. She is an author and musician whose vocal arias offer healing and rejuvenation. Sarah Lena was a participant at the consecration of Deepak Chopra's Healing Center in the early 2000s. Her music is defined as celestial, mystical opera. Seralina is an author, film soundtrack composer, international recording artist, and performer, TV radio producer and host, speaker, and workshop leader. Her official website is seralinalove.com. Seralina, I am so honored to have you as a guest this evening. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. What a gift to be with you. Thank you. So yeah. I want to hear your story. You have the voice of an angel and the reviews on your page are just amazing. Talking about how your voice transcends all sounds and giving healing to those who hear it. When did you first start singing? Well, okay, that's that is a good question. That's a very basic, wonderful, good start, which doesn't have a, an ordinary answer. My mom was a classical opera singer, but I never heard my mother sing because I'm her ninth child and not really because, but in this situation for her, she didn't have her voice anymore, having all those babies and all those, unfortunately, there was a lot of screaming that went on, I guess, before I was born from what she shared. And she really lost her voice the voice has to be protected and um you know it was challenging raising all the anyway so and I started a very early in ballet so I um went to you know a very good beginning ballet school and then I left home at 13 so my body was trained what I would call really like a martial arts um in very rigorous professional ballet training is really like an ancient martial art that's also connected to the emotions being able to tell a story and emote a story while actually training your body physically and which is part of my story I I think although you don't have to have that to be a quote-unquote singer and also funny enough I don't really even call myself a singer because um that word doesn't really help people when they've never experienced what I do have any idea, you know, they can't conceive of what I do when they hear that word. They, they think of what you hear on the radio or what you hear somewhere and what moves through me. I call it celestial mystical opera for lack of a better word. I long time ago when, you know, some years after this moved through me, I named it Celestial Mystical Opera to have, to give it some some words, a name, a label, even though I didn't really want to label it anything because it really is beyond, it transports you beyond time and space. And it, that's, that's what's from my heart and my soul to help people connect with their timeless self and the the source within us all that is the source of life that gives us life and to take us out of time and into the void where all creation begins into stillness ultimately we're simply put stillness silence um without you know that's a beautiful kind of those two words stillness and 
deep, deep silence because rather than getting too, I don't really like new agey kind of descriptions personally uh, about too many things anyway. But um, so how it emerged from me is it's a funny story. So I was actually in New Mexico after I had gone through the college thing and I was a painter. I'd painted since I could pick up a crayon when I was a child and did many of the arts and sewed and designed clothes when I was five, six years old using the sewing machine. My mom told me that nobody taught me how to use the sewing machine. And so I, I was just this very creative person and being, and I wrote things. I'd have to look up words. I didn't even know what they meant. I'd, you know, I'd write three syllable words when I was just a, you know, six, seven years old. And I literally have to go to the dictionary because I, it would just come through. So this kind of, and I was very connected to my spirit self. I didn't feel comfortable being a human being just because there was so much, strife and trauma and um it didn't feel safe in my environment at all and hence why i left home early at 13 14 years old i was invited to a ballet company actually a professional company uh, from then on and so after i went to university in washington dc i left to go to new mexico because i wanted to this long answer to the question i hope that's all right so i wanted to help stop nuclear uh, testing. And I wanted to find an antidote to nuclear toxic waste, which as one does, right? As one does. And um, I wanted to go to the source, the beginning of the Manhattan Project. And I knew about that and studied it. So anyway, I was in New Mexico working on some projects there after I finished university and I started sort of postgraduate work in, in New Mexico and Albuquerque. And one day I was walking down the street, just walking to the university and people started looking at me and I was just like, I was very shy, very, very shy. And I didn't like, you know, I did ballet cause I didn't have to speak, <laughs> you know, it was my body. I loved movement and I didn't have to talk. So you know, I did talk to friends, but I was not comfortable at all. I didn't have confidence. Um, certain ways I did when I was teaching, but not personally. I was very shy personally. And anyway, all these people were looking at me and I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know why they were looking at me. And then I started to look at myself, you know, from my, you know, just noticing like myself, if that makes sense. And I realized that I was singing. And this, you know, these emanation was, was coming through me that was just, I don't even have the words, uh, I guess, uh, what I, it, it was arresting. It was something that was stopping people in their tracks, clearly, because that's what I witnessed around me, you know, with people's jaws on the floor and the cement and, you know, it was outside and this, this was burgeoning forth. <laughs> it just brings me to tears almost thinking about it. And I was not, it's weird to talk about because I'm not really into like all these weird things, but yet weird things are very real. So yeah, so that, that was really the beginning, how it emerged. So really how it really be began or begins is really my connection with my inner being and that silence. And so when I sing, when I this fragrance emits from my being 
that I call celestial mystical opera or these um, peaceful arias and things, although they can be very loud sometimes to make the rafters shake, but it really is, it's my soul, it's my heart, it's my love, and it's its my spirit, and helping trans to transmit this silence, this stillness that rides along the wave of these arias, so the melodies and the what comes through me, and is, is important, and it's not just the aria, the melody, it's, it's the frequency and the presence, the consciousness, right? The consciousness of love, the consciousness of wisdom. And ultimately, I mean, how do I put words to these things? It's, it's bringing people into a surrender and a letting go. It's an invitation. It isn't a forceful thing. It's the opposite of forcefulness. It is, it is so forceless if I'm in my ego, then it is forced, right? For lack of a better word, you know, my divine self, my our holy selves, our, our love, our wholeness, you know, coming through and into the earth expressing. Yeah, that's how it began. And then I started singing in stairwells and things. And then I started being invited to sing publicly. I'm started singing in gallery openings and at funerals and births and conferences and things like that and so yeah the word spread and people were touched and were moved private events and um oh when you mentioned a participant at Deepak Chopra's uh opening of it I was actually the one who sang I I sang for an hour opening up for Deepak Chopra's I was invited by by him I've done several events with Deepak and uh Dr. David who was Deepak's partner in, in his center back in 2002 in La Costa, California. And uh, I actually opened up for it and, and the White House, United Nations and mm, all kinds of events, uh, physics, uh, universities, um, different things in Peru. I sang for the, the president-to-be and and the daughter of that current president that was there did a big an event. Uh, so that told us about how you got started you know, when you were talking about when you were walking along the street and you wondered why these people were looking at you and it was because you were singing. So it sounds like you were not conscious that you were singing, that this was something that was just coming from your being. Mm -hmm. Where were you at in a spiritual sense during that time of your life when this happened? Yeah, like I didn't feel like I was in any kind of crisis or, but I know well, I mean, the work that I was doing, I was trying to literally stop nuclear toxic waste from being proliferated on the in the world that, you know, has millions of years and half-lives, and that's just a half-life. So um, my whole, since I can remember being aware of being alive, I've always wanted to help humanity. You know, I watched as a tiny little toddler, you know, violence and cruelty and... Um, you know, witnessing and feeling helpless and also, you know, as a human being and as a soul, witnessing people's pain being acted out in the infliction of more pain on others. So I witnessed that, you know, on the daily. And um, I, you know, I knew that people were lacking love and they were perpetuating um, that trauma, even though I didn't have that word trauma in my you know, in my mind, or, you know, I just 
wanted to, you know, I was aware, very small child when I was a toddler, I had visions of wars and, and, and battles and people raping, being raped, and I would be standing on a hilltop far in the distance or at a safe distance. And, uh, and I was just like, you know, this is ridiculous in my mind. And I remember later, a still child, you know, talking to my dad about you know, the, the wars and the violence and all the things. And that, you know, that starts from, from people's personal lives and their, uh, their trauma. They, of course I didn't use that word. Well, not of course, but I know I didn't use that word. It's the buzzword now, which is great. I was very aware we were poisoning our waters. I became a vegetarian when I was seven because I could see that the animals were being abused like on the table and this was a long time ago yeah I've been around a while and this was long before anybody talked about you know vegetarian or veganism I mean I think there were people in LA talking about it but I didn't live in LA I lived in Virginia and there were no tv shows and no Facebook and no Instagram and no YouTube and there was no nothing so that was my inner being seeing the these abused animals so I was very sensitive to you know, as many children are really, and, and, uh, you know, not every child, but a lot of children are aware of these things. So, yeah. So doing, being aware of things. And then later on, I can, I can verbalize that the presence that I am, my divine self, I call it for not to be arrogant or haughty, but my, you know, it's not my, you know, it's came in and of course it had to been there right? To help heal my human self. I didn't feel, I mean, I was very joyful and um, very deep connection with my inner being, but it, that, you know, at that time, I guess my being was ready to start giving my soul gift more in the world. And I was, I was already doing healing work with my hands, but I'd never spoke about it. I didn't call it that. I was not around new agey people or it just wasn't popular. It was maybe popular in certain areas, you know, for, for centuries, people have done healing work with different labels, but um, I don't know exactly when it corresponded, but I, I remember there was a moment I remember I lived on the third floor of like a Victorian house on Walter Street, Walter and Led in Albuquerque. <laughs> and I rented a room in the top third level attic. This man had two apartments up there. And I remember being in there going, okay, it's time for me to transition this passion, this gift from that I have about stopping nuclear toxic waste. And I really wanted to find an antidote to um, to nuclear toxic waste, which there are some things, you know, much later that have come about using ceramics and even algaes and things like that. I knew that I had to trans, not had to, but I, you know, had the nonverbal awareness in my soul communicating with my human personality, you know, bringing that into human awareness that I was going to be transitioning that passion. And I was doing many arts and photography. I was working with a renowned photographer, Patrick Nagatani at that time. And he was doing, it was amazing. He was doing a whole series at that time called the Nuclear Enchantment 
um, on, he was Japanese American, knew, you know, and suffered in internment camps in World War II, uh, his family, and was doing a whole series on commenting on nuclear toxic waste and, and Nagasaki and, and the, the bombing and World War II and things like that. So I was working with him and I knew that there was this transition that was happening in me to sort of release that focus. And, and I was writing, I had written inspirational things since I could pick up a crayon, as I sort of mentioned, and insights about humanity and the human nature and the human condition and the human conundrum and our, you know, human spirit, right? Other than that, I don't know really what I can say. I was working with some kind of local people. We had like a, a magazine, like a what you might call a rag where we we uh, published our poetry and our writings and uh, so I was kind of involved in these arts thing and, and people and so other than that I, I don't know what I can say like what was going on um, I was working in the arts and so it was just probably you know feeling more settled like in that land in New Mexico in the stillness the desert the expansiveness and away from away from even where I grew up and away from city and away from and more in and then even the Native American land perhaps I'm just sort of riffing here and just sort of tuning in that when we create space around us the soul can drop in and actually has space for the soul to express itself so that comes to mind and New Mexico is really a profound place for me it's like one of great loves in my life so and I miss it on the daily like a person and the land and the vibration even though there's been a lot of horrible things going on there so that's a great question and I answered it a long way so I don't know is that anything touch in there does that <laughs> well it just sounds like you were uh, exploring different avenues of life and like you said that it was when it's like you were open and you were you were having pure intentions and talking about the soul dropping in so that would lead me to this next question about this gift that you have and the sound healing. Do you want to describe that just a little bit? Ultimately, I'll, I'll, this is what comes to mind to begin with. Ultimately, why, why I'm compelled, moved, inspired, passionate, and enable myself, enable my body my voice, my heart, my mind to my soul to bring, to express this, this way, but in all ways, I mean, in, in each moment of my life. And then through this gift, this vehicle of my voice in this way, it's the way that I love. <laughs> it's the way that I'm I'm inspired to love, to share love, to give love, to touch others with love and to receive love and to emanate it, right? So, you know, I I do body work or, you know, I used to do six hour sessions and laying on of hands and helping the muscles and communicating with the nervous system and the skeletal system and the the muscular and everything 
the veins and the organs. And so, and it's a deep listening. It's the same part of my being that it's the stillness and the silence and the quieting and the unifying of my consciousness. You know, we have our personality and we have all our different aspects of our being, you know, all of our different child selves and our different ages, you know, parts, some people call it, or the lover, the, the magician, the parent, the child and all our aspects. And so unifying and, and into the still point, into the stillness, into the empty emptiness and emanating from there, my love and my love or love and and that fragrance that that consciousness that skill it's a skill it's a physical skill a bodily skill it's a skill with my voice my these things that we call our vocal cords and it's all of these elements and and my mind my attention my discipline it is a a fierce focus it is a focus an absolute focus to be that present and we see it in any art form you know or even in a parenting or anything knitting and sewing we become focused uh someone doing gymnastics somebody doing a mathematical when we lose ourselves into that thing and we become so present with it and as you see anybody that were touched by you know olympic skater the whole thing idea of practicing an art form is developing the body to be to be able to muscularly, the brain connection with the muscle, with the body and the heart. So you learn the things physically when you're ice skating or baseball, whatever it is, and you repeat it. So the body actually develops its muscular awareness and to be able to train, you know, I watched a friend's daughter who's 11 years old tumbling, you know, in gymnastics, amazing. And I, I did gymnastics too. So we train and ultimately we train so that we the body can do it effortlessly so that the body does it on autopilot and then inspiration can come through and infuse that action with inspiration again the connection to my training physically with my ballet martial art i call it allowing that 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 was my art form to bring my spirit and that's part of my expression part of what my soul chose and so it's it's allowing people and it's inviting people into stillness and into beauty right into beauty into the the fragrance of their own heart so i'm i am connecting with my eternal being for lack of a, a better word my um heart my soul my higher self and integration of all of my aspects and bringing all of me forward in a in a connected way so that people can witness that and participate participate in that vibration participate in that joy participate in that love and participate in that emptiness into the in that freedom so it's i'm carrying people that want to join me in the ride into a journey into surrender into opening into flourishing into into their free selves 
you know, not me manipulating them because they're choosing and then it's touching and wafting into their own being and swirling around into themselves and reminding them of the love that they are into the love you are into the love I am into the love we are. And so it's, it's this, and this is the beauty of the soul and the beauty of the voice. Now an instrument, you know, the violin is like closest instrument to the voice and the, you know, instruments can make us weep, right? I'm sure you've felt that. And so that there's something, something very special about the voice and it doesn't have to be perfect. It isn't even about a perfect note or key, or of course that's part of it. You know, a frequency can literally, um, shatter a glass, you know, and as people have beautifully said to me, it's like, there are people that shatter glasses and they're, you know, and Saralina, you shatter hearts, not in the negative sense, but you help break a heart open. And that's a beauty, you know, to release and people, you know, cry and weep because they're touched. And that's when I know that I'm in tune and that I was able to surrender my ego and be a vehicle for the love and the spirit that we all are, that we all truly are. And to, you know, we need to be touched by um, that frequency because that's truly who we are. Because look at all the stuff that's out there, video games and, you know, horribly violent, uh, the Game of Thrones. I mean, just horrible trauma that people don't realize they're choosing and taking into their consciousness. So it's not helpful at all. It's literally poison along with the mind control that's in there. So this, I, this also helps to dissolve mind control and dissolve our traumas. And, and really, it, it's a beautiful thing that I've witnessed in myself and, you know, millions of other people. <laughs> well, I know I told you when we first met that I was going to listen to your music while I was driving to work. Well, I couldn't do that because it was <laughs> so soothing. I thought I need to be in a place of stillness of what you're talking about, that silence. And we're at the, almost at the end here. So if you would like to end with what you want to tell the world. What do I want to tell the world? Well, I've said, said a lot of it. I think the deepest thing is really kind of a twofold thing. Just continuing what I said that it's, we have a choice. We have a choice to what we think, what we feel and what we do, what we act. We have power. We are very powerful beings. And so choosing our thoughts and sometimes we can, and then the flip side of that, you know, sometimes we can get disenchanted with, you know, you know, positive thinking and things like that, that some of us are aware of because we have this thing called the subconscious and our subconscious, it can be, has been really manipulated. Most, most of us, if any of us, even psychically, there are agencies that project psychic things and images that we, we take on. So on purpose, to, it's part of the mind control so that those people to try to keep us um, disempowered and again, movies, cartoons, video games, television, all of these things are filled with mind control. It's really important to be aware that they are literally emitting that toxic poison 
influences that are below your conscious awareness. There's obvious stuff that you might not be aware of. And some people that are can point it out. And then there's subliminal, you know, the, the iceberg under the water is huge, right? So that we have the power to turn off these things and find other sources for, you know, what's going on in the world that aren't filled with that. And other things, if we want to watch things and be inspired, you know, that's why I create that. Even turning off the radio and radio music is filled with... um toxic subliminal mind control i worked in the in the movie industry for 20 years so i know uh, some of these things that are put in there so turning things off and choosing and listening to stillness listen to the birds listen to whatever is happening outside the sounds the hum uh that the heater makes or the air conditioner makes or maybe the electricity you will hear that kind of hum and see it maybe turn it off turn off some things so and of course Listening to things like what I do can is there to help you and to help us all because I listen to myself too to connect with our genius self because our spirit is where inspiration is our genius self. And so I create these things, you know, on I tell people not to go to iTunes because I don't really get anything from there. And there's other people with my former name, Sarah West that are selling my music illegally. So I tell people go to saralinalove.com. Saralina doesn't have an H, even though Sarah has an H, my original name. And you'll see my CDs all on there and it has my MP3s and you can purchase them right from my website. And you can also email me if you want hard copy CDs. And I invite people to, you can give them as gifts rather than sharing, you know, my CDs my mp3s my books they are my livelihood so i ask people not to copy them um because you know you can but then you're doing a disservice to the creator and to ourselves you know we're betraying our own selves so yeah so listen to things and find things that really touch you and bring joy to you as well as help you get in touch with feelings that are maybe buried and i do private sessions as well um, on the phone and Zoom and things like that to help people to heal their traumas and touch touch those places. I coach people in their businesses and I do public events as well. People are interested and sing and uh, teach and speak. And I have some beautiful inspirational books, uh, The Eternal Rose and The Search for the Beloved. I have some of those left. And those are wonderful for children too, and young people and teenagers transitioning in their lives to becoming adults and their sexuality as well to connect. And you can feel free to send me a message on my contact page on saralinalove.com. And I will put the link in the description box in this podcast. Saralina, we're at the end of our time. And I thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing the beauty that you have inside of you. Thank you. It's a joy. Thank you.